I met this gal named Christelle at a conference a few weeks ago, and she's a music accessibility advocate. She sings while signing music, and I'm telling you, I was uh, a witness to her performance, and it literally moved me to tears. I was, I loved her. I loved her energy. I loved the gift that she brought to the world. We didn't dig into it today, but she has a really interesting story of how at one point in her life, she lost her voice, and she was a singer. That's a freaking big deal, right? But when she regained her voice, she became super passionate about incorporating sign language into her music to make a statement, make a difference through her story. Today, we are digging into what it looks like as an artist and creative to infuse purpose into every single thing you do, how we can learn from business leaders to elevate the creative work that is in our hearts. Christelle is the bomb.com, y'all, and a little bit unconventional. All right, Christelle, listen. So I know you, I know you so well. Met you the other day. We had some bonding time. But listen, when when I read your bio, I, I thought it was really a powerful statement that you said you choose to stand against divisiveness. And uh, you're a creator, a performer, and that's a pretty powerful statement that with your work, that's like your intention and what you want to do. How come? That is such a big question to unpack. I'm just going to start speaking and know that whatever I say inherently is going to be the right thing to say in this moment. Um, so ultimately, the big picture is that I fight for, I don't even want to use the word fight, I love for inclusivity because I have never felt like I've been fit in anywhere. I've never felt like I, even in my family, I've always felt like I was somehow outside of something. And because of that, as I grew up and learned, oh, actually, Christelle, you have a lot of opportunity being a white cisgender female in a middle class family. You have a lot of privilege to be able to be a part of what's bringing people together. You have wow. A platform. I I just have always gravitated to groups of people who are unlike myself. I am very engrossed in the LGBTQA plus community. I yeah. even I used to compete professionally on in a in a gay dodgeball league. It sounds just as fun as it is. Um, it also is way more intense than people realize. People think it's just some joke. They're like, oh, like if you can dodge a wrench, right? And I'm like, haha. If I had a quarter for every time somebody said that. But also, I've broken both of my hands. I've gotten hit in the face so hard that two eyeballs were black and blue and I only got Gosh. hit in the nose like so many walking concussions it is legit these people are serious the dodgeball community is real I've always been attracted to unconventional things mm -hmm. that people might go oh why mm -hmm. why are you attracted to that and it's because I connect the deepest with people who share that same feeling. Like yeah. I've never really belonged to anything. And I have a deep drive to feel a sense of belonging within myself and cultivate that and cultivate belonging around me. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, and, that's the thing. So I've been talking to a lot of 
people this week, and this has come up over and over and over again, that like, I have this kind of bigger why behind what I do. So like, let's say creating belonging among people. But what I have in my hand is I'm a cup maker. I make mugs or I'm a singer or whatever, you know what I mean? So I guess translating your, I guess, bigger why into how you form your, your work and your craft, you're a singer, you're a performer. So how do you infuse like your deeper why into your work? It's in every ounce of my work. Really? Yeah. Taking it back to just not to get too hippy dippy, but just taking it back. Let's to go. All right, let's just go deep. All right. So I, before I even started sharing my music or sharing my performances with anyone, the reason why music is such a big part of my life is because going, if you follow the thread all the way back, it was the thing that helped me survive. Truly, wow. truly. I grew up, you know, everyone has their own stuff. And I grew up in, in uh, a household where I didn't always feel safe. I didn't always oh. feel okay. And what would I do? I would shut my door. I would lock it. I would turn off the lights and then I would put on music and I would just cry and I would sing. And I would, sometimes I'd even just put on the karaoke so that I could sing. And I realized as I got older, I'm getting chills kind of just sharing this because I realized that that was my way to connect back to me. That was my way to go. My nervous system is freaking the F out right now. And the only thing I knew to survive was sing to myself, was soothe my, I'm getting serious. Like, like, woo. Let's go, girl. Um, So that's where it started, right? So it started from a need. And there's this quote, it's, I I always butcher it, but I'm going to give you the basis of what the quote is. That is just, it just touches me and it, it explains what words can't, what my words can't explain, which is there was this aberrational woman who said, if you came to save me, you're wasting your time. But if you came because you're, divinity or your saving is wrapped into mine, mm. then let's walk hand in hand. Wow. And that's what I feel is that I have experienced the healing power of music. I have experienced the healing power of connection, of connection to another person, of connection mm. to myself and the healing power of, of having someone seeing someone, whether it's hearing someone on a record or seeing someone up on stage being like, you're okay. Yeah. You're okay because I'm okay. And and it's, it's okay to just like the sign would be to like open your chest. It's okay to just open yourself up, be vulnerable. And that gives other people permission to be vulnerable. And I've always been interested in this. So it's what I studied throughout schooling and college. I did my undergraduate thesis in the development of self-esteem for the contemporary, for contemporary musical theater. And it was looking at how musical theater in contemporary times actually is a vehicle, a powerful vehicle for change in society in a lot of ways, but I chose to focus in on self-esteem. Tell me more. I want to hear. Here's, here's my theory, my theory. And there's a lot of science that backs this up. When you're participating and being an audience member, you're going to be entertained, right? Mm. Like you're going, your defense mechanisms, all of those, those fight or flights, that nervous system, completely calm, completely calm and receptive. Mm. So the reason why art is so powerful as a tool for change, whether you're using it socially, politically, it doesn't matter. It is so powerful because people are coming from a sense of connection. They're coming from a sense of my nervous system is okay. I'm willing to receive. It's, it's why, you know, when you watch a television show and you've grown up being told it's not okay to be, let's just take this for as an example. You grew up in a household where it's not okay to be gay. 
Yeah. Maybe that's just, it's not in your belief system. You watch the show, you're like engrossed. You get those feelings. Like we feel for these characters. We, I, I don't know about you, but I love Shit's Creek. And I was oh, like- I love Shit's Creek. I mean, girl, I was show. like, Alexis is me. Like, okay. Like, David I, is me. <laughs> oh my God. That's why we get along so well. <laughs> if I were to watch that and then see the character that I identify with so well, come up against something where maybe previously my beliefs would, would tell me, oh, that person's not a good person. It conflicts when, when that, so say I grew up learning, oh, it's not okay to be gay. And then I fall in love with this character on Schitt's Creek. He's talking about the wine and he's like, I like red wine and white wine. You know what I mean? And I'm like, wait, I don't know what he means. And then I realize, oh, he's, he likes men and women. Now I'm confronted in my own personal safe space with, Oh, that conflicts with my belief. That conflicts yeah. with the thing that I've been told my whole life. Yeah. But this person is a good person. And so that's just, I'm giving a really specific example of how art in general and performance art, acting, music, singing, dancing, all of it, even, even physical, you know, like paintings and things like that, they all are a way to express, but they're also a powerful tool in bringing connection. Come on. Activity and, and, and just honestly, just, making any statement, whether I believe in the statement or not. I, when somebody says something, when somebody uses their platform, I'm not an artist. That's like, you know what? They should just stay in their lane. They're a sport, you know, they're an NFL player or they're a, you know, ballerina. No, absolutely not. If you have a platform, it is your duty. It is your duty to speak. And you don't have to say the things that I agree with because somebody else has, has a platform too. And they get to speak. I feel like it is your responsibility if you have a belief in something and you have the platform to say something to say it. Mm-hmm. Girl, 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 girl. So w- when we left the conference last week uh, or whenever it was, I felt really strong in my spirit that God was saying like the artist is the healer and that we've mm-hmm. got to start putting them at the forefront of these business gatherings and leadership gatherings and stuff, because what businesses need, what leaders need right now, isn't necessarily more strategy they need healing Mm -hmm. and they need their souls to be reached. And that's what you guys do in the arts is you're able to bring change about that's something that's subconscious and spiritual that we don't even know what just happened really, because you're speaking to another level of us, which is so powerful. And I want to encourage any of the creatives listening to really receive that, that your work really does matter in this space. What's difficult, and I wanted to bring this up with you, is we still have to earn a living and figure out how to, you know, you work and you ha- you're an artist and a creative and you're balancing, you know, a couple of worlds in your personal life and all of that. Uh, do you, have you learned anything in this process or anything you want to share about as far as it, what it looks like to have your own creative endeavor that is so meaningful, but also to figuring out how to sustain that financially? Absolutely. So yeah. that is the that is the question that we ask ourselves as artists over and over and over again and struggle with a lot. You know, mm-hmm. there there are so many talented people out there that we don't even know about because they just don't have the platform going back to they just haven't gotten the opportunity to, yeah. to showcase themselves. The thing is, um, and I definitely don't have everything figured out, but I will share what has worked for me because mm-hmm. I have been trained. I'm an actress, singer, dancer. Like I have been trained my whole entire life since I was three in all of these things. I've lived in right outside New York City. I've lived, I went to school, acting school in New York and Manhattan. I studied in LA for 10 years. I studied as a host. I did red carpet events. I mean, I 
it was engrossed in this stuff. And I always was trying to find a survival job because you don't want a backup plan, but you want, because if you're, you have a backup plan, then you're planning for the thing not to work out, but you need to have like a survival job. So you're always kind of doing, I always found myself around people who were doing like dog walking or they were a personal assistant or this thing. And I did all those things too. I even owned, I mean, I've done, I've lived a lot of lives. I even owned my own social media company, like back before, like in 2010, when Twitter was just a brand new thing, I was, I saw an opportunity and I was like, oh, this is going to be, I I called it so social TV. And I would host this, everything that I did web show failed. Even the Hmm. thing that was so smart and was ahead of its time. And even W uh, the CW at the time, it was called the CW, like stole one of my, my, because I did three shows at one point. I did three web shows a week. I would mm-hmm. like watch these shows. I did it for Glee, The Vampire Diaries, and True Blood. Mm-hmm. And I would actually tweet along with it. And then I would I would share what people were saying on social media. It was before anyone else was doing this. And then I saw CW start doing that for The Vampire Diaries. The reason I was not successful is because I was seeing an opportunity and I was trying to take advantage of that from the logical standpoint, but my heart mm-hmm. was not in it. I don't mm-hmm. love social media. I truly don't. Like, mm-hmm. I think we've talked about it. I, I keep Instagram because I have to, I'm on Clubhouse. I have a TikTok. I'm like, what am I doing with this? I need help. If my heart was in something, then it would be successful. And let me give you an example of what I mean by that. Like I said, I've lived a lot of lives. It wasn't until I pretty much gave up music altogether mm-hmm. and all of the, all of my art, I gave it all up. And I started working for Chevrolet as a spokesperson, which I love. I love, I love interacting with people. I love connecting with people. So it was, it's great. And I, it's, it's something I'll always cherish, like in my heart is, is having that connection to my Chevrolet team. However, I gave up art completely. And I just threw myself into the passion of connecting with people. And I would say people when they would ask me, oh, are you fulfilled doing this? I would say, you know, this brings together a lot of my passions, not all of them, but mm-hmm. it brings up enough that I feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And through just throwing myself into what felt good, I I found myself in life just becoming more happy. Wow. Even though there was a part of my life that was missing, which is my art. When the pandemic hit, it's interesting the timing because I had been telling myself, okay, May 2020, I'm moving to Nashville from LA. I'm moving to Nashville. I'm going to really pursue this music stuff. I'm going to take the whole entire summer off from my job. And I'm just going to boost the ground, get some roots in Nashville, make connections, all the things. And then March, 2020 happens. And I don't meet anyone. I'm in a new city all by myself, have very little friends, um, and just lost my job (laughs) months before I thought I was going to. So I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do with my life now that I have no idea what to do? And I, like a lot of people, spent a lot of time working on myself. I was taking the happiness course and I was, I had like things on my walls and it was like, I'm going to stay motivated, working out every day and all these things, taking care of myself and going, I'm not going to let this cause me to go into a panic and go to the yeah. wrong thing, the wrong yeah. next because I've done that so many times in my life and I'm okay. I am okay. And luckily I I had savings that allowed me to be okay. And I am going to make this work. And I know Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I will take care of me. So I was able to 
come at getting a job from the perspective of I am going to wait for the right thing and I'll Mm. know it when I know it. So I'm researching. It's not like I was just sitting on my butt going, okay, you know, when the right thing comes, it's going to come. I was actively looking every day, all day and and things, but it took about nine months. um, And I came across this Craigslist ad of all things, which seems really sketchy. But like I said, I was looking everywhere and I had no idea. I'm like, you know, I was really successful at my career before with Chevrolet. I was a spokesperson. So I, I was actually, I was a presenter and would present on the vehicles and, you know, it's really hard to get into that industry. And, um, and I felt, you know, I can't go backwards, but I can't stay still. And I can't move forward in that career either because I saw, okay, everything's changing. Mm -hmm. There's not going to be auto shows. There's going to be half the team. There's the things are changing and I need Mm -hmm. to change with it. So I see this ad on Craigslist from my now boss. And it was like super long, had all this homework. It was like, you need to take these five personality tests. I had literally, they were looking for a project manager. I was like, I'm not qualified for this job whatsoever. I don't even know what this guy does, but I'm really curious. And so, and I love homework. I'm like, I love work. So I'm doing all my personality tests and I send, send it back for um, interviews later. And he's like, you are not what I'm looking for, (laughs) but you are what I'm looking for because Mm. you don't have any of the experience that I'm looking for, but you have what I can't teach, which is you have a hunger, you have a passion, you have a drive, you're self-motivated. Um, and you're a high achiever naturally. He's like, I, I, I need you and you have good morals and ethics. And that was something that really, um, attracted me to this job position as well. And so I've been working for Mike Zeller as his chief of staff for, about a year now. And he's a thought leader. He just came out with his first book. Um, I edited it. Like he gives me so much creative freedom, but also allows me to, to fulfill what it is that I'm on this earth to fulfill, because Hmm. I don't believe I was born just to stand in front of people and perform, because if that were the case, I would be on Broadway. I would be, you know, Hmm. I would, I would have pursued a career when I was in LA and acting much more aggressively. Hmm. I want something different. Hmm. I want connection and connection Hmm. doesn't happen necessarily just being on a Broadway stage or being in an Oscar winning movie. Yeah. Connection is a thing that you can only experience and only, only, you know, only I know if it happens, that's not just going to happen when I perform, that's going to happen as a result of me performing. That's going to happen as a result of the connection. So I had people ask me, actually, you know, we met at a conference where I performed and I didn't really talk about my job so much, right? Like with you and some, some other people, when they found out what I did, they were like, huh, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, here's the thing. They both support each other. Yeah. They both are, are, I wouldn't be here if I didn't do the work, the, the God work, the love work that I do with Mike Zeller. So it all connects together. And what's wonderful is having a team that you're around. Cause let's face it, what you're doing for work is the second, I would say it's arguably the first or second most important decision you're going to make of your life your partner is going to influence you because you're going to spend as much time with them as your job, basically. 100%. Those two things are the two decisions that are going to make the big, and what I mean by job is what you do with your time. Yeah. I don't mean what makes you money. I That is a part of your work. When people ask me, what do you do for work? I say, 
well, do you want to know the paid or the unpaid or the sometimes paid or the like paid in love and affection? Like, are, what are you asking me? Because I do a lot of work. I, I was just telling, there's a, another artist that I'm friends with and she's working kind of like what you're doing with someone, another influencer. And there's like this, this tear between the two, but I was like, dude, there is so much there to learn from them that you can apply to your, to your business of, because it is a business being a creative. And I'm, I'm curious working with like high level performers and stuff. What have you learned from that world that you've been able to translate into your own thing? So the first thing, the the most important thing I would say is your proximity is everything. Hmm. And I don't mean that by get yourself near the most powerful, most famous, no, 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 no. Proximity to what you want to be. Proximity to you want more of in your life. Do I, I want more integrity? Yes. I may, I do believe I manifest. Whether you believe in like manifestation. Oh, I believe man. Oh, come on. I 100% manifested yeah. my job and the relationships that I have into my life because mm. I spent enough time going, no, no, no. Where I was like, you know what? Waiting till I find this. When I got this job, one of the things that Mike talks about all the time is like, you have 100% control over what you feed your subconscious. What are you putting yourself around? What are you listening to? What are you watching? Who are your friends? I hear people say, you know, oh, I've just been friends with them for so long. You know, like they're such a good friend, but I'm like, really, are they such a good friend? Because you talk about how they don't support you. Well, yeah, but we've just been friends so, for so long. And da, da, da. it's like, then you are making a choice. I'm not going to judge you for your choices, but then take ownership. Biggest lesson other than the, you know, the marketing funnels and the digital marketing and all those things. Yeah, those are all tactical things. But the big thing that has affected my life tremendously is owning everything, mm -hmm. everything. I own that I saw you and I was like, huh, there is something about this girl that makes me feel good. Mm. I want to, I want to talk to her more. We went to the bathroom. I came back after, we, you know, the girls go to the bathroom together and you were like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. I was like, oh my God, so, so I, but really like, I did have to go to the bathroom, but I was also like, I want to, I want to like get to know her more. And when we came back, I was like, this person's present. This person sees people, you know, I want more of that. Yeah. I want that. And I'm starting to see, um, even my boss's wife, I've become very close with her. And it's like, I'm starting to see people reflect me back. Wow. Sometimes we don't feel like we belong in those rooms though. And the courage it takes to kind of put yourself in front of those people and be like, I want to get to know you more. I deserve to get to know you. And this is the, yeah, we want to level up, but we kind of have to level up our view of ourselves. I think before we can level up physically and get in proximity to these people, any tips there as far as like owning your space and be like, I belong here too, Janet. Yes. Yes. Janet, I have some, I have some things for you. Come on, um, Janet. Janet, you are, first of all, don't think that I didn't listen to a bunch of affirmations before I got on this call. Okay. Like everyone, even the best of the best, when I hear them talk and they're sharing, you know, I get nervous before I get on stage or I get whatever they're, they're showing their vulnerability. I'm like, hello, you're human. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. So just, you know, like I said, what you watch, like even people are like, well, you know, I just watch, you know, 
keeping up with the Kardashians. That's like my one guilty pleasure. And fine, if you want to intentionally make that choice, fine. But know that that is affecting your, that is affecting your subconscious, which makes, it take, it's like 90% of all the decisions you make in life because we can't consciously focus on every single decision. Like I'm not thinking to myself, okay, I've got to, I mean, I'm, where should I look? Where should I put my eyeballs? Yeah. We have certain decisions that are just made subconsciously. But other than that, I would say you, and this is going back to, I think also why I did not pursue until recently the really big passions and dreams of mine in life. And it was because I did not feel worthy of it. And even when I think back to it or think of it now, when I, when I think of it as just me, I go, I'm not, I'm not anything special. Even though I am, I know, I know you're special. I'm, we all have something unique to offer, but the thing that changed for me and shifted for me was when I found something that was greater than myself that I could speak to and use my art to support. And now when I go out, I'm not going, do you like my voice? Was it pretty? Oh my gosh, thank you. I'm going, did you feel something? Like when people come up to me and they're like, cry, I'm like, that is literally the best compliment you can give me. That means that you were inspired or you were moved in some way to feel something that you hadn't felt before. and. That I gave you permission to feel that. And like you said earlier, when you really think about it, whether you're a creative that is working in the entrepreneur space like me, or you're just a straight up creative that's going and you're working on TV or you're a model or whatever it is that you do, really identify why you do what you do and what's the bigger thing that drives you to do it outside of yourself. Come on. Come on. When you're really specific about your why, your intentions for being in the room change. Come on. It's not about me going to Heather and saying, Heather, when can you put me to perform on stage next? It's, hey, what do you believe in? Yeah. What do we have in common? What do you value that I value? Yeah. Because if you and I are simpatico, I want this energy to just... I want to collaborate. Yeah. However, yeah. that because yeah. I'm no longer attached to how it needs to look. Come on. It needs to look like me performing. Me performing is a part, is a very integral part. I love it. If it were gone forever, I would be devastated, but it is not the sum. It is not the whole picture. That's it's it. It's just part That's of my- it. Ooh, I wasn't ready for church today, lady. That was so freaking good. Listen, I have one final question for you, but uh, I just want to acknowledge you and the gift that you have in this world. You are a freaking world changer. You are. I know it because I've seen you in real life and I've felt your energy and I felt what you bring to the room. And I'm like, oh my goodness, praise him. Where can people stalk you online and find out more about you? Um, stalk me, connect with me at, um, on Instagram at the Christelle. It's at T E K R Y S T E L L E. I'm also, that's also my name on TikTok. Um, and those are the two best places to find me. I'm also on clubhouse. Same name, same name. All that'll be linked in the show notes. Very last question. We talked at the very beginning that being unconventional, being outside of the box is 
it's a sexy little term. It's kind of cool. It feels good to, to live that life and take on that mantle, but also too, sometimes it's the thing that separates us, right. And isolates us from other people or makes us feel that way and embracing what sets you apart and what makes you different and see it as your catalyst as something that connects you with people. And as opposed to this thing that separates you in a detrimental way, how are you able to bridge that gap to see your unconventional self as your superpower in your life? So I am a weirdo and instead of saying, oh, I'm a weirdo and it sucks to be out of, you know, to not fit in. I have in recent years, in the last five years, really cultivated. I want to find the other weirdos. Mm. Want to feel? I want to find the other people. And also, it comes down to. And I posted this on my Instagram a few days ago. You may have seen it. Um, like being not just okay with p- you not being right for someone, but like being grateful. Like, yes, I'm so glad that you don't understand. I don't have any resentment. I I don't take it personally because there are 7 billion people in the world. And there is some- That's right. That's right. Connect with, and that's going to understand me. And it's going to, what I do is going to uplift them. Yep. So I would say to sum it all up, just look for, not even look for, be gracious to find Hmm. and, and support the people that, see you and appreciate you and when you see those people when you meet those people do the same thing for them amen come on Hey, y'all, before we jet out of here, if you are looking to build a course or a membership site, building some online income so you can fund your creative work, you know, bring a little extra money, monies. One of my favorite platforms, I'm not gonna lie to you, it's my favorite platform, is Kajabi. Almost everybody I work with, I somehow convinced to get onto Kajabi. I personally use it. It's an all-in-one platform for not only your email list, but also hosting your courses, your membership sites, and pretty much whatever you want to do. You can do it on Kajabi. To start your free trial, all you have to do is go to heatherparody.com forward slash Kajabi. That is linked in the show notes. And start your trial for 14 days. I mean, technically, you could build a product, sell the product within two weeks, and it pays for itself. No sweat. Again, that is heatherparity.com forward slash Kajabi.